Welcome to episode 147 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. I'm back. And Jamie Eisner. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't introduce me as the official geologist of the Natty Hattie Podcast. Oh yeah, Craig missed that last week. Well, I, I, I heard it. You listened? <laughs> I did listen. Wow. Look How good that. did I do, Craig? I thought Chris was the highlight of the Thank show, you. actually. So. Obviously, you did not listen then. Uh, should I introduce Leftovers? I, I, every time I he introduce himself. Him, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was Leftovers. Back by popular demand for reasons I still don't understand. Leftovers has a mic. So, uh, Wait, I, brought, I brought the coffee I did, today. I didn't get to introduce myself. Nobody knows who's well, talking. I, I think people know who no, People they, know who they should know who I am. We'll just, I'll just Silky go by Luke. Smooth tones I don't even need the full name. Okay. So, on that note, I brought the coffee today. Jamie brought the cocaine. What did you bring today, Luke? <laughs> a disapproving stare. No, I thought you were going to say some lovely door prizes for our callers, but then I remembered we don't get any callers, do we, Chris? Wow. You know what I think it today's begins. poll question should be, Luke? Yeah. Why hasn't Chris fixed the call-in problem? Yeah, well, I have Chris. four options for you. A, he doesn't have the skills. <laughs> B, he wow. doesn't want or care to fix it. C, he has a pathological... You can't walk away. You are wearing a lapel mic. You can't walk away. <laughs> it is me. That That's could, not I could have walked works. away. This is like Jonathan Taves turning on Patrick Kane. C, he has a pathological fear of phones after that incident at the call center in Manila. Well, obviously. And D... It's revenge for Jamie's we-don't-have-an-HR-department-you-can-complain-to approach to authority. I don't think I can fit that last one on Twitter, but I'll try. Is there an all-the-above option? Because I think there's a little truth in all of that. There's no uh, Quebec LOL. Do do, do, do you care to respond, Chris? It's not in the budget. (laughs) (laughs) How could something not be in the budget that was previously in the budget? I don't make the budget. The budget just gets handed to me. Well, I'd like to point out that the studio now has one curtain (laughs) on the window behind you, Luke. So people can still leer in at the podcast. Somebody can just be staring at me. Because as Chris told me, they needed the other curtain for something else. The budget only allowed for one curtain. Got repurposed, apparently. It it was. (laughs) Not sure for what. At least have one of those phones that's just two cans with a string between them. Can we call people that (laughs) way? What what was it repurposed for? Was it clothing? Did someone need clothing? I think we needed it to cover a table or something. Okay. What, the real answer? You didn't even give them a fake answer. I hate those. Is that what it was used for? Was to cover a table? Yeah, that's how you give the real answer. So I want to hear from Jamie now, since I've heard it's not in the budget. Is it in the budget, Jamie? Uh, Well, I don't know why it doesn't work anymore. It used to work using a series of computers, and then it just stopped working. Series of computers. What year is this? Multiple computers were needed, and then it just stopped working. And I think Chris gave up. Yeah, enough of this. I like the the fact that there's a situation where things got so urgent that you needed a a tablecloth in an emergency situation. Well. Yes. So Walk we we, we did this we did this whole little this little rebrand thingy, where with with our very redundant name of FRS oh, Sports. So you just you just threw it out there. So okay. when we were doing our NFL draft show, all of our tables still have the old logo on it. Oh. So we were covering up the the old logos, and it never made it back. And it's still sitting over there. We could easily put it back up. We just oh, never very did. Very uncomfortable recording. This is not where I work. This is where leftovers work, and he clearly does not care about the the ambiance. Of his working space? Yeah, but he had to put a shirt on for this episode because the window was open. It's, it's very, it's just different. So, we're going to so have an audience. Are you telling me at there? some point we could have call ins again? At some point? It's possible. Maybe. I mean, why would we want outside perspective, right? We've got four we're, white we're, guys. We're, we're going to need it because. We've got four white guys. You're, yeah. We're just going to keep putting more and more mics in here. In oh, that. side note, really, a Jew and an Arab, but you yeah, know, we're but still classified as white yeah, on the U.S. Census. So. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty white. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hide from that. But uh, we do need to get United this. United Nations of Hockey Podcast. <laughs> we, we, we do need to get it fixed by the offseason because we do have year three of the off, our offseason previews. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Which is honestly probably, I don't know if we get enough credit for it because I think that's probably our best work. Please give us our, our really own good. credit. Because so, we let other so people come in and tell us. See, that's it. Because <laughs> we have other people coming to do our jobs for us. Now you feel and we just it. ask the questions. <laughs> but we do ask questions like, who are you? And what do you know that we don't know? And where are you going on vacation? <laughs> They're always going on Which part of Europe are you going to this summer? (laughs) Um, 37 minutes into the show, I was going to ask a hockey question, if that's okay with everybody. Sure. How do we feel about the way the NHL draft lottery played out? Why are you saying it like that? Because I almost said NFL draft lottery, and I realized there is no such thing. I don't like it. All right. Well, that was fun. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, I think it goes back to the same issue we've had before, and we talked about this on the show. We actually redid the percentages that you should have a better chance of having number one pick or having the pick closer to where you finished in the standings than anything else. For the Coyotes, for example, just picking a random team out no, of thin air. Let's just pick a team that may or may not have gotten screwed every year since they had the, the team, lottery. The team with the third worst record in the league had the best chance to get the fifth pick. No sense. That makes That's no weird. sense at all. I have a question that I'm 
hesitating to ask because you, I, I feel like Craig probably wrote this in some story somewhere and I'm going to be You should admonished. read his work. Is it? You don't he, even he read his emails. He has a lot of work. Yeah, he you don't even read his email. emails. I'm reading it right you. now. It's great. Um, You're on the email that you don't read. I did read. redo the draft lottery on FanRag Sports, yes. sports Network. Yes. I saw that, but that, my, that's not my question. Sports Sports Network? That, that's not my question. My question is... No, you're is, redundant. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> have the Coyotes dropped every year? Like, when's the last time they didn't drop? Or in has fact, anybody dropped more often? In fact, often I did this in a story as well, Luke. That was... <laughs> what I said. Right after the draft. This, this one ran Sunday. Okay. You may have seen it. You probably didn't. I'll get to that. Other side. I like to I'll bet our listeners saw it. In 2013... I did it every year since they last made the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Hey, wait, who'd you fight that for again? It's a growing list. Uh, and this is not for fan No, I know, but... Sports Network. Um, oh, was it for... the, uh, Another outlet for which Luke and I both... Oh, that's what... Oh, another outlet in which Luke is employed by? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So you... Again, that's, you just don't read anything from... Well, because when I see Craig's name in the headline, I'm like, okay, I'll get to that next week. Wait, Craig's name gets to be in headlines? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You should, you should Google it. <laughs> All right. But that was reserved for Gambo. Back Bigley. to the draft lotto. <laughs> Back to the draft lottery. <laughs> All right, well, just taking shots early today. 2013, the Coyotes finished with the 12th worst record, and they drafted 12. Okay. It's tough That's to drop fine. from 12. 2014, they finished with the 13th worst record, and they drafted number 12. <gasps> Did they move up? No, they didn't. The Devils got penalized for signing for Ilya Kovalchuk <laughs> to a salary cap circumventing contract, so Future they were dropped to 30th, so the Coyotes actually picked in the same position they were supposed to. 2015, second worst record. We all remember what happened that year. They Mm -hmm. picked number three and drafted Dylan Strome behind who? Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. Connor McDavid, not a Hart Trophy finalist, by the way. We never talked about that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. Oh, and the internet was not happy. No. Well, Well, Canadian Twitter was very upset. Yeah, other elements of Twitter were very happy, actually. 2016, seventh worst record, pick number seven. 2017, third worst record, pick number seven. And trade wait, 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 go back. 2000s, go back, do the last two years again. 2018, third, why do I have to do this? Oh, never mind, go ahead, never, go ahead. He's, he's, 2018, third worst record, pick number five this year. Yeah. Which is where they, as Jamie pointed out earlier, they had the greatest Odd chance yeah. of finishing, which, again, makes no sense to me. Why would you not have the greatest chance of finishing third if you had the third worst record? That doesn't make sense to me. I thought... And there was no scientific reasoning behind this other than the law of averages. If, if the same team drops every year, I thought they were going to pick second this year. I don't know why, and obviously I was proven to be greatly wrong, and then I felt like an idiot because there's really no reason to think they would ever move up. But you're right. It's more than just a Coyotes issue. It's the simple fact that... Yeah. It's if, a mathematic issue. It's, a, it's, it's simple. And, and You should have the best math odds to pick where fix. you finish in the standings. You can fix math. I understand that, like, like you see this when if a team has the worst record... They technically have a better chance of not picking first than picking first. I get that because there's all these other slots. But they, they can don't fall have. Into. A be- but they shouldn't have a better chance of picking third than, than picking first. first. Yes. It, that can easily That's be legislated right out of it. And and it is sort of a Coyotes issue too. I mean, because in six years of the draft lottery since they last made the playoffs, they have never moved up through the process of the draft lottery. It has never benefited. And them. they I, rarely I, stay. Put. They yeah. typically drop. They've stayed put three times. And it's not and just the Coyotes. Do, they've fallen three yeah, times. Yeah, but okay, but two of those three times you're talking about, they were picking 12th and 13th where you right. really can't move down. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost so. impossible. And, and again, they're not the only ones. Vancouver's also had a really yep. rough stretch the last few years of them trying to rebuild and then never getting a high enough pick. Look, the, the most basic way to put this is the league is unintentionally, but they're making it more difficult for a team like Vancouver or the Coyotes, to rebuild than they are for a team like Buffalo, certainly, even though Buffalo can't do it, or Toronto. You know, and, and look, Toronto had the worst record. They got Austin Matthews. That's the way it should it, work. It, it's hurting the. It's not necessarily hurting the team that finishes with the worst record. It's hurting the teams that are finishing with like the third through fifth worst records. Vancouver is, is probably the perfect example if you want to go with one outside of, of Arizona. Again, going back to what I wrote for FanRag Sports, Sports, Sports Network. Network. Of sports. Anyway, <laughs> Wait, I just think back. they need to increase. You thought you had enough sports before. The, the, the percentage chances for those teams with the worst records of landing a higher pick. They just need to increase that. If you look yeah. at the, what were the, if you combine the percentage of the top three picks to get the number one overall pick, what was it, like 43% this yeah, year? Yeah, because it was a 25. So take the field 20. instead. Yeah. Right? If you're betting, yeah. take the field. 
someone else is going to get that number one pick. Yeah, it's less than 50% chance, yeah. It just doesn't make as much sense to me. I, I, I get trying to de-incentivize tanking, and I think that should be an element of the draft lottery, but they've gone too far the other direction. The initial purpose, the overriding purpose of the NHL draft is to help the worst teams get yes. better. Don't lose sight of that. It's to keep the, the, the flow going of the league. You, you, you to keep turning over the league, turning over, turning over, so you don't have the same three or four teams that are dominating for 10, 15, 20 years. Carolina had the 11th worst record, and right. they're going to pick second. Once yes. again, second straight year that a team outside the bottom 10 has moved into the top three. And, and last year, it was, it was two teams, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Philadelphia and Dallas yeah. Yeah. both jumped into the top three. and Was, was Dallas out of the top bottom ten, though? If they weren't, year? they were real fringe. I, I can look like that seven, up. But, but, I mean, they were, they were still a I team that, that there's got to be a way. And I know we did this. We, we came up with a version of it either last year or two years ago where basically you, you can't jump a tier. Like if you're, if you're one of the five worst records, you pick in the bottom five in some order, and then six to ten picks a certain way. And, I like that idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You it, can't move out of a certain grouping. Yeah, and that's, I don't think that's that difficult to employ. And – you can sit there and say, okay, we'll just, you know, deal with the hand you're dealt. Well, any given year, yeah. But when you start to look over time, like, look at look at the teams that are having success right now. Winnipeg is having success because they got Patrick Laine in a year when they probably shouldn't have gotten him. And yet, on the flip side, a team like Vancouver, when are they ever going to get good? I mean, they don't really have a lot of great prospects. And you can you can come back with, well, then draft better. Okay, but it's not an even playing field if Vancouver has to keep drafting later in the draft than they yeah. should, and other teams get to keep jumping in front. Like, I, I like Carolina. I, I want to see that, that organization succeed, but they shouldn't be picking second. <laughs> we'll get to Carolina in a minute because yeah. some odd things happening behind the scenes there. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Look, the other thing that always gets brought up is the so-called gold plan, which often gets credited to Shane Doan in this current market because he's talked about it. I don't even know if Shane knew the genesis of it, but I don't think he's taking credit for it. It was introduced by Adam Gold at the Sloan Analytics Conference in 2012. That's where that idea came from, where once you get eliminated from the playoffs, you start accruing points, and the team that finishes with the most gets that number one pick. That has issues of its own, though. The Coyotes would definitely be picking first this year. And and any of that has its issues, because then you say, do teams start tanking earlier and then get better? But does it actually hurt the trade deadline? That would be interesting to me. Does that that do are teams that are bad then less willing to move yeah. assets? That's a, probably the greatest point those Jamie's wins ever made. But thank you, Sean McIndoe that. made it in a really good column. He, he raised he raised a, a bunch of points about it. But I you know I felt when I read that that column he he was clearly on the side of the goal plan. So every criticism that he had of yeah. of those flaws was somewhat tainted by the fact that he supported. It was almost like okay, I'm going to tell I'm you why that one it, isn't. But, yeah, but it's I'm going to say why that one isn't important enough. Yeah. yeah. There's no perfect system. There is, really isn't. But I think the closer you can get to, the team should pick. The goal should be the team should more often than not pick in the position in which they fall. I and, like my idea with the tiers. Because I, yeah. I don't think you're going to see a team tanking and being like, we have the sixth worst, sixth worst record. We have to get the fifth worst. Like That's just it, that's so much more complicated than Buffalo in 2015 saying, if we get the worst record, we'll get Jack Eichel. So n- nobody plays. And no matter what, at you, least Jack Eichel. And no matter what you do, aside from the gold plan, losing is going to be incentivized. Yeah. At, once you're already out of it, like no matter what you do, you can't prevent teams that are already out of the playoff picture from going. We stand a better chance of getting a better pick if we lose more games. You you can't eliminate that. So would you say if you have so you have 15 teams, so it's it's nice and even right now. But would you say that the the best five of those teams you can't rise above? The 11th pick, then? Is that what you're saying? I, I would say basically 1 through 5, you're going to be picking somewhere in, in that range. Okay. 6 through 10, you're going to be picking somewhere in that range. And 11 through 15, you will be picking 11 through 15. It's just a matter of... You can have a lottery for each one yeah. if you want to do yeah. that. It's going to create some interesting uh, strategy on the fringes, right? Like between yeah. 5 and 6, it's a big deal. You have a chance yeah. to get the number 1 pick versus... Number 10. You can't draft yeah. any higher than 6. You could fall to 10. I mean, I guess you you could you could do something where if you're in the second tier, you do have a slim chance of moving into the top five, but it's got to be like two percent. Yeah, and then do the same thing for the third group. Yeah, they can move up two, or you do a lottery in which you can only move up a certain number of spots. Yeah, that's, so so that was what say, our idea was. Last yeah, because like yeah, Carolina yeah. wins the lottery, they they can move up a maximum of four spots. So instead of picking thirteenth, they're going to pick ninth. So yeah, how many exactly? How many spots is that? How many teams yeah. do you allow? And a whether shot it's, at the whether it's one two pick? or three, whatever, whatever it is, there. But they can't really right get the now? number one pick. You can't you can't drop more than three spots right yeah. now. So right. that's but so, everyone so can get the number one pick. Yeah. And I'm not even sure. So I'm in on this board case, you have to finish. I don't think I am. In this case, you have to finish in top four. 
to have any shot at the number one pick. Yeah, yeah because I, I... If you finish fifth, you can go up as high as two. I Six get, is up as three. I, I mean, get that it's, it's like, compelling television for a half hour and, and having a team that, that just missed the, the playoffs. Point. Also, but, nobody's watching. Let's be realistic. I watched. Compe- I watched 30 minutes of compelling... Draft <laughs> 100% of your, your lottery television is not what this point is. Did you watch did the watch. NHL draft lottery? Did. did you watch the second part, watched. or did you just watch the first part? I did not watch the second part. Okay. The Thank important you. part? That yeah. part wasn't in the Neither budget. Neither did I, because the, like, they tried to do it during the draft. It must have been in the budget. I heard that. Um, <laughs> it, if a team like St. Louis had picked first, who missed the playoffs by a point, like, it's exciting in the moment, but it impacts the league, the league for 15 years. It's bad for the league. You need so, turnover. Yes. So again, like how many how many teams do you give a shot? Th- these are all things that get discussed, right? This is we're not going to solve this problem right here. And any system that gets put in place is going to have some flaws. You can't perfect it, but these are the things that need to be talked about. How many teams, for instance, do you give a shot at the number one pick? If you look at the standings this year, if you're saying it's only, would you say it's only the five? I c- I could solve this almost instantly. I mean, if, if we gave me, like, five minutes off the air, I'm sure I could come up with something. The One through five, yeah. there's a 90% chance one of them is picking first, and then divide that 90% up the way. You can even use the same ratios you use now. And then six through ten, they basically each have a 2% chance, give or take a couple lottery balls. Six has a little bit more than ten. Okay, Problem so, solved. Well, here, Detroit and Vancouver both finished with 73 points at five and six. What do you do there? You just go with the tiebreaker and say, Detroit, you're the fifth spot. Vancouver, you're the sixth. So your percentage... Percentage chance drops dramatically because you're in that sixth spot. Yeah, even tip- though you have the same amount of points. Typically, we we tend to screw Vancouver over in the lottery. So yes, we, so you're okay, okay with that. Yeah, I, you see what I'm saying. Though? Yeah, these are, these are these are questions. To yeah, be asked. I just like the idea of you can only go up a certain number of spots because I yes, there's always going to be the year where there's a clear number one pick and people are going to be jockeying f- to get in this case the top four for it. But I think the ability to to really move, like if you're the six or seven seed and it's the difference between getting the second pick or the third pick, I'm not sure you're tanking. No, you're not. three extra weeks. What was when the it's year, really a one pick difference? When, when Vancouver got line A, didn't they have the seventh worst record? Winnipeg, yeah. Winnipeg. Vancouver Winnipeg. would never get line A. <laughs> no. They would have to. Vancouver would get his brother like Don Line A or something if that guy even Patrick exists. with a, Don with just D O N. Yes, that's how you spell Don. D O N. Now look, under the Lipinski plan, Vancouver at least still has a chance to pick first. Trademark, under the Eisner plan, trademark registered. They, they can't. They can't move up higher than third. Winnipeg so, finished with the sixth worst record that year, to answer your question. Tied with the Coyotes. Tied with the Coyotes, yes. Not like Arizona could use a 45-goal scorer every nope. year with a giant beard. I don't know. I, I think that those are, are two better plans than are currently in place. Yes. Because we are seeing teams jump from 8, 9, 10, 11 spots like every year now. Yeah. And scene. Radio silence. <laughs> More importantly, the Coyotes sacrificed themselves for the Suns. That's yeah, I'm, yeah. Suns yeah. are picking fourth. I've never been more yeah, confident in my life. Picking fourth. <laughs> never been more confident. I feel like if there's karma in the world, the Suns should pick fourth. That's a different podcast. Mm. Uh, Lou Lamorello. It's the NBA corner of the yes. Hattie Hattie podcast. He's been re- reassigned. <laughs> How do you reassign That's what Lou I said. In the, in the show notes, I said, if Brendan Shanahan shows up at the bottom of a river with cement shoes, don't be surprised. It's not an easy thing reassigning Lou Lamarello. I, I saw a great tweet, and it was from it was just from a random person. I don't remember her name, but it was simply, Lou Lamarello gets reassigned, and she responded with, you can't ask Thomas Placanis to shave his goatee and think there won't be consequences. <laughs> I, I don't really understand what happened. I don't... Well, I this can't was the imagine, plan, right? Who's the guy that has to go into Lamorello's office and be like, you're out? This was the plan, that he was going to step aside into a senior advisor role after three years. This was sort of understood, but yeah, you're, you're right. Who, who goes in and it's gotta be tells an intern, him right? and what, what consequences come of it? When uh, Luke calls his guys back in uh, Providence. And there's an Emna Encor of the Athletic Montreal that said that on Twitter. Said what? Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Said what? <laughs> that oh, you can't just fine. ask Thomas Mechanics to shave his goatee and think there won't be some consequences. It's a great, it's, I don't know. I don't know why that resonated with me, but it was fantastic. Um, so this, I mean, like, like Craig said, that's sort of the plan, but it's kind of weird after. Any move that's made by the Maple Leafs after they get eliminated? It's just fascinating. It, yeah, it really, it just, it is. And it, on some level, looks like, it looks like the gateway to panic. Even though it isn't, that's, that's in this case. Gateway to panic. Yeah. So who do we think is going like to be a the Leafs GM? Kyle Dubuff. <laughs> who? Did you say Connor Hellebuck? No. no. Oh. Uh, I don't know. That's a great answer. I, I'm, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> so everybody got quiet. I was like, you All right. have lost your microphone for the rest of Nobody the show. Nobody wants to offend Lou Lamorello. Yeah. 
I don't want to get on Lou Lamarillo's bad side. Yeah, and we do set the agenda for the NHL, so I don't want to. I don't want to give the wrong name. Craig McTavish. Um, Craig McTavish. As, Good lord. As uh, he might be back in Edmonton soon enough. Good lord. As uh, as Craig pointed out in the notes, great clips of the official hair salon at the NHL. <laughs> I got that email. Really? <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm, go ahead. You yeah. got anything to say about? Do you want that? me to keep reading what you wrote? Sure. <laughs> Craig wrote, I'll bet not a single player gets his hair cut there, which is probably true because most NHL players don't get their hair cut, but Brian Burke might. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a quick shot of Brian Burke. Um, Do we want to get into the playoffs and come back to the rest of the news a little bit later on? Uh, Whatever you want, Luke. The world is your oyster, Luke. Well, let's hit on Buffalo since we talked about the draft lottery. They will pick first. They will. Uh, They'll get Rasmus Dahlin. Yep. They are shaking things up a little bit in the front office? Quite a bit. They want to re- recreate the Atlanta Thrashers' uh, brass. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what they've done. With Rick Dun- By the way, did you see Tom Waddell's cream-colored turtleneck that he wore to the draft lottery? No. <laughs> oh, that was, that was uh, a throwback, let's call I it that. I didn't know they still made those. Neither did I. <laughs> or maybe they don't still It was like a knit. It was a knit cream-colored turtleneck. Wow. That's... So. Yeah, <laughs> there's really nothing more to say about that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Hurricanes, by the way. You've just replaced Ron Francis and Joe Newendijk with, well, the Atlanta Thrashers yeah. <laughs> management staff. And, uh, yeah, there, there are more than a few signs coming that uh, the new owner is kind of crazy, sitting in on all the hockey meetings yeah. and meddling. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a That's Wow. Just when that team, I mean, if you get the second pick, I know it's not Dolan this year, but isn't it, if you're getting the second pick in this draft, this is a chance to get like a... Sveshnikov. Yeah, a, a, a bona fide yeah, point producer. Or somebody, yeah. And uh, you don't need an owner in there messing things up. Mm. Weighing uh, in with his opinions. Might need, what, 20 new players or 19 new players next year? <laughs> That's nice. That's what you want to hear. 19 Svechnikovs. Or we might need none. Yeah. You did say that, too. The Quebec Hurricanes. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh wow. Uh, Dallas Stars. can't move to Houston. They have to change the name and be insensitive. Yes. That, that's not who's going to Houston. There's, there's enough other candidates to go to Houston. The uh, Dallas Stars, new coach. Yeah. Jim Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Are you, I, 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 I learned about his existence yesterday. Oh. When he was named the head coach of the Dallas Stars. Hopefully he wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> Go ahead, Luke. Give us the background. <laughs> so I got Jim nothing. Montgomery. Well, it all started when he was a kid. <laughs> I mean. Growing up in the... Uh, it often l- Unless you're Benjamin Button. I think that's everybody's deal. <laughs> nice. Wait, you said you're not a movie guy. I'm not, but I, I mean, do make references. Was that the last movie you watched? He never saw No, it. I never even saw that movie, but I know the concept of it. <laughs> no. I know they, were, they were giving out like Avenger spoilers in here earlier. Oh, God. Uh, Dallas is the most league average team in hockey at this point like if somebody said just give me an average hockey team for some reason it has become Dallas I don't know why Jim Montgomery has a nice average team on his hands maybe he is a coaching guru and he'll change things he did win the NCAA title in 2017 at Denver so there you go see see that I was getting proven winner after he was a kid fast forward like 45 years went to the University of Maine yeah he's a black bear and yeah, he's going to discover, as I know, also wrote in these show notes, that he's going to be the next coach who will discover that the Dallas Starship has already sailed. It sure seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. We're on a uh, countdown to Tyler Sagan watch. Yeah, that's Once, 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 once Tavares right. gets his stuff done, we're on Tyler Sagan watch. What, what is going to happen with John Tavares? I don't know. Are we the only three people that he's realize? He's going to market now. I'm people, convinced yeah. he's going to market because we're in May. But there's not Why even, wouldn't he now? There aren't yeah. even any stories speculating. At least I can't find them. Oh, read Arthur Staple stuff. Well, yeah. No, but, I, I imagine, yeah, on the island they're a little bit more concerned than the rest of the NHL. But, yeah. I just, I haven't seen any lists of, like, I need lists. I haven't seen any lists of, like, oh, here's here's five legitimate contenders for John Tavares. Well, I don't I need to see the Maple Leafs and the Rangers over and over again. <laughs> right. Give me something else. Buzzfeed NHL. <laughs> Yes, take this quiz to see which Ten unbelievable of John next, next locations for John Tavares. <laughs> That's great. Which guys, John Tavares lineman are you? Let's Sports, Sports Network. Oh, I got Josh Bailey. Okay, let's do that. All right. Uh, into the playoffs. You won't believe where John Tavares is headed. Yeah. So, Jamie, what's you won't believe list? number four. What's the list of places you've attacked today? You've attacked people at Arizona Sports. You've attacked BuzzFeed. 
I don't know if I attack people in Arizona sports. I just passive aggressively. Well, it that's was, how you do everything. I know. I'm the king of passive aggressive. It seemed like it was aimed at one person in particular, but I felt like it was aimed right at me, along. to be honest. Oh, okay. It, he, well, that's, that's well, yeah, true. but that's, that's the usual. That's a daily thing, or at least a, a showly thing. All right. Well, then if you want to continue to attack me, let's get into Capitals Penguins. Um, ah. And as we do this, I will just remind everybody of everybody's predictions because so far, all four of mine look like they're coming true. Uh, everybody took the Penguins because nobody uh, actually th- th- thought. There's a series that's 2 2. Well, this is 2 1. Yeah, but we all know. Um, and we all took Vegas in that series. And By the also, way, we're not R. talking R. about Bill that series. Torrey, did you get? Did you see this news? Bill no. Torrey, the architect of the Islanders for Stanley Cups, has passed away. Gary Bettman issued a uh, statement on this. Bill Torrey was a uh, heck of a GM, and that was that was one of my earliest memories of of the NHL is watching that team. Well, it, it was sort of depressing because I always hoped it would be my team, but. <laughs> But they were, uh, they, were, they were a dynasty. They really were. They were one of the yeah. first dynasties that I can remember, and probably the first one I can remember in hockey. 19 straight series wins? Yeah, didn't we yeah, talk about it on the show? Yeah. yeah. It was insane. Can you, can you even comprehend 19 straight series wins? What are, no. The Penguins are at nine right now, and everybody's yeah. talking about 10 how soon. crazy that is. <laughs> yes, they're going to definitely win this series. They look like they may never score first. Yeah, you're right. The, Capitals will, they have no ch- the Penguins have no chance of coming back in a second-round playoff series against the Capitals. Didn't you're right. No Not chance. a chance. But let the record show I picked the Capitals when the Penguins were up one nothing. You did. Pittsburgh hasn't won a game you did. since. My favorite thing about Bill Torrey was the bow tie, though. He wore the bow tie. He wore it well. He rocked it. It's tough to pull off the it bow really tie. It really is. You have, to be, you have to be all in. And, yeah, you're right. Only certain people can, can pull that off. So, hey, let's go all in on the NHL playoffs now. What a, what a segue. I'm here for you guys. All right, great. So you all took the Penguins. I yes. took the Capitals. Are we all in agreement that the second round is better than the first round? By far. Uh, yeah. This, yeah, it's not this even close. This is one of the better second rounds. This actually, Penguins-Capitals might be the worst series so far. Yeah, it, it has been. This is, well, when one team doesn't show up for the first period and then the other team has a player that is a psycho and just runs around and takes people's heads off. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I even gave you a space for that. So. Well, He'll be back for the Capitals to get shut out in Game 7. <laughs> he'll be back to injure somebody on Tampa. You want to just lay weeks. that out, Jamie, for our listeners? Well, as I, I talked about this on the show last week about the, the grand plan that this is happening, and this is when the Penguins were up one nothing. that Washington will find its way to a 3-2 series lead. They will lose in Pittsburgh for Game 6, and then get shot out at home in Game 7, and then all will be right with the world. I don't think that can keep happening. That's like flipping a coin but and getting But you don't know that it can't. Time. I'm not saying it can't. But there are issues in the series for Pittsburgh. Namely, they don't show up in the first period. And the goaltender can only sometimes decide who wants and to make And they have no secondary saves. scoring? Uh, that, that was it the third goal in the third game? Whatever the tying goal was for Washington. The yeah, the, the off the glove. Horrendous. Yeah. I've never seen him give up a goal that bad. Uh, and he's made some big saves. Like, this is not, it's not his no, fault. No, he just hasn't been position. particularly strong in the last couple games. This is this is how Pittsburgh gets eliminated, though. You play, and I understand they have Malkin back, but you play the first two games without Malkin. You play most of the second game without Dumoulin. You're playing without Haglin. Like, at a certain point, it's not, hey, the Capitals finally got over on the Penguins. It's the Capitals got over on 75% of the Penguins. Washington's a good hockey team. Do you think Malkin's right? No. He's back? No, no, no. no, so no. I honestly, I think he, he, he messed up that leg pretty badly. It's the knee, isn't it? Yeah. Or lower body, but it sure looked like the knee. <laughs> lower body. Um, I think and, it's out there that it's the knee from certain places. And, yeah. and they just decided that they were going to hold him out as long as they could until they took a loss. And then that's what happened. Once they lost game two, he was he was back for game three. No, he doesn't look right at all. But you still need him out there because, as we saw in the first two games, they can't get into the other team's zone and set up a power play without Evgeny Malkin for some reason. So you have to have him out there just for the simple – fact that other teams have to account for him. But Crosby's been playing out of his mind. Gensel's been playing out of his mind. Malkin looks like he's hurt. Phil Kessel and Derek Broussard haven't done anything. No. 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 What's, what's up with Phil Kessel? I know he got, he got a shoulder injury back in February. Is that still ailing him? He needs Rick Tockett. <sighs> That's what it is. I, I don't know. The Kessel whisperer. What, what was the trade? This is, I'll just end this at Jamie because I know he brought it up when it happened. They made a deal for Ryan Reeves in the offseason. Oh, the Oscar Sundquist in the first? Yeah. Yeah. So then wasn't Ryan Reeves part of the deal to get Derek Broussard? Uh, I believe he was. He, he was, was thrown into Vegas at the end. Yeah. If you got Ryan Reeves because you felt like other teams were taking liberties with your players in the playoffs, I mean, <coughs> would it be the worst thing in the world to have Ryan Reeves out there if Tom Wilson's out there? Well, Tom Wilson won't be out there for the next three games. Yeah. And that's two long headshots. overdue, by the way. I saw it. I mean, you, I think we're all in agreement on that hit. That was a clear headshot. And yeah. 
he's gotten away with this for so long. It's just ridiculous. All right, well, let's let's get into that. Isn't the point of a suspension, it's it's supposed to be to to prevent it from happening again, right? When you let him get away with it in game two, and game two wasn't as bad as game three, but my story for game two is I was watching the game with a couple people that don't watch hockey very much, and they're getting into it because it's the playoffs, and before Tom Wilson even launched himself into somebody's head, I said, watch, at some point Tom Wilson's going yeah. to get suspended for injuring somebody in the series. It happened one minute later, and then the talk was, well, does he get suspended or not? If he gets suspended, it doesn't hurt Washington. He's not a good hockey player. It just prevents somebody else from getting hurt in Game 3. They don't suspend him, and now Zach Aston reese has a broken jaw and a concussion. Isn't that what you're trying to get out of the game? Yes. Yes. Wastes of roster space that just try to injure people? I, I can bang this drum till I'm blue in the face, but I, I just think they need to take the gray area out of this altogether. You, you make contact with the head, you're out. Yeah. It, that's international oh, rules, right? Oh, but he, he was going for the shoulder first and uh-huh. hit the head. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah, you can play that Aim little lower. game. Be more careful. Yeah. It's like the kid that's like, haha, like, he's got his hand right in your face. He's like, I'm not touching you. Like, come on. You know what you're right. doing. Like, yeah. zero tolerance. And, and how many guys do you think are out there that say, if I make contact with the shoulder first, I can take out the head? I just think in 2018, there aren't a lot of players that you really have to concern yourself with. Tom well, Wilson Rocky just happens to be the top of the yeah. list. Yeah, but the main players that you're talking about aren't really in the league anymore except yeah. Wilson. There's not there's not that many players where you're like... Mm, I still think there are a lot of players that play with edge that think, if I can get away with something like yeah. that, I just might. But they don't consistently do it. No, that's like, true. It's so predictable what he's going to do. And when he comes back, if the Capitals are playing in the third round, I'm guessing he's going to do it again. That's his whole career. Three games is a. It surprised me actually. I figured it was just going to be the classic one or two game suspension that we see in the playoffs. So three games, I think it did send a bit of a message. And well, it, that's it the point. A message of the Penguins. Yeah, come back and win the series. But if they do, it's not going to be because no. Tom Wilson wasn't on the ice. We're not talking about Ovechkin or any of the other players on Washington's roster that are better mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. him. So it's Washington, just, which hasn't reached the conference final since 1998. See, and that's the team you're talking about, right? There's yep. part of me, if you take the, the, the rivalry between Pittsburgh and Washington out of this scenario, there's part of me that thinks it would be cool to see Ovechkin and Holtby and Backstrom and, and players like that in the Stanley Cup. But then there's the other part of me that's more sensible that's like if you put Tom Wilson's name on the Stanley Cup, that's like a blemish on the greatest well, trophy not, I, in hockey You're not going to have to worry about that. Well, no, they're not getting by Tampa. but uh, Probably not getting by Pittsburgh. Ovechkin, though, when you talk about Ovechkin stepping up in the series so far. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious when the Capitals lose this series how the Ovechkin's <laughs> going to get blamed for it. I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. Well, because he's he's been excellent. He if they do lose, he will get blamed. That's of course very he true. will. Yeah, he's been great. But yeah, he could go two games without points, and then people will he say can go two pe- he disappeared when they had a chance. To he didn't score a goal in the final two periods of Game right. Seven. So where was he when they? Where, where was he when they got shut out, shut out at home in Game Seven? Right, right. Even if he even if they lose Game Seven three to two and he has both goals, it'll still follow him around that he can't win. Yes, That's, which is ridiculous. But I just you're used to. Of course, it now. how dare he not score three goals to right. bring him to overtime? Come on! If ever they, he's a superstar player. Yeah. He can score those goals. Right. He doesn't move around enough on the power. So where, how are you feeling about your Penguins in this series, Luke? How are you feeling? Exactly the same as I felt at the beginning of the series. I just I think it's. I guess you weren't here last week. My reason for picking the Capitals You're right, I wasn't. wasn't... <laughs> Thanks for noticing. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't see you last week. Where'd you come from? My reason for picking the Capitals is we're at the point where... Wait, we... you picked the Capitals? Yes. He picked them. I didn't pick the Capitals. Where we were a few years ago with San Jose where everybody had made fun of them over and over and over again for <laughs> I not... I wish this was a video podcast. What is Craig doing? Uh, he Something is... that you probably shouldn't be able to do on a podcast. I didn't inhale. I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can be present. Um... Going down 0-2 to Columbus, coming back and winning, all their past playoff transgressions, there's just no pressure on Washington this year like there has been in the past. I'm sure internally there is. Well, that's what I said last week. There's no pressure from the outside, but there's got to be just as much pressure internally on yeah, that yes, team as there, there ever is. has been. If they lose the next game, there's going to be so much pressure we, on I, I don't feel there's any pressure from, like, media outside, but in that locker room, they've got to be feeling just as much pressure that's as they ever have. That's as much pressure as any team that feels at that point, though. I'm saying Washington over the last couple of years seemed to just wilt under the pressure from everybody looking at them and saying, hey, you won the President's Trophy and you're going to blow this again. Now everybody just expects them to lose, and when they go down 2 nothing to Columbus, everybody wrote them off, and what are they, 6-1 and one since? I mean, uh, this is like how that scenario because they're going to get a 3-2 series lead. Uh, it is happening. We'll be right back on yep. them. Oh, look, the Caps 
could make the conference final for the first time in 20 years. I don't think there's any pressure on Washington unless we get to a scenario where they go up 3-1 in the series and then we find ourselves in a game seven in the series. I then there's pressure. adorable. My opinion is proving to be right so far. <laughs> By the way, I've been right on every series except the, one. The, no, two. The two were the I got one wrong. Teams. Oh, yeah, so far one. I mean, Maple Leafs game seven, game. third period meltdown away from being perfect. <laughs> You're already Not perfect in our eyes. Wait, you went eight for eight or seven for eight in the first round? I did. So did I. So did Chris. Well, that backfired. Well, yeah, obviously whatever you did, Chris did, because you guys are one and the same with your thing. Uh, again, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me, and I, hate, I do not like that you continue to repeat that narrative. <laughs> you guys so, the exact same moving thing. right along to uh, the Jets-Preds. Let's, let's talk about Jets-Preds. This is so, much, this is so much fun. Best series of the second round. This is best series of the playoffs. Best yeah. series of the last couple years. Lived up to the hype. Game three. Game two, what are they? They're three in now? They're three in now, Game two, the one that went to overtime on Sunday, Mm. was Mm -hmm. fantastic. It was everything that playoff hockey should be. I mean, that game was just outstanding. This this series has had so many turns, right? Like, I I mentioned this to you guys. I think we were all texting about it. Nashville dominated well, three of us game were. one. Yeah, what were you guys doing? You are texting about okay, Chris still yeah. isn't on the text oh, thread, sorry. I wouldn't know about that. But game one, Nashville was all over with Yeah, Nashville was the better team for... They were. 90% of that game, yeah. but they didn't win. And they lost. Game, game two, two, like you said, and then game three. Yeah. Game three, Nashville gets a, a big lead, and oh boy. Just, just collapsed. Yeah. It, and and we, we've talked about the controversy a little bit on, on Blake Wheeler's game-winning goal where the... Well, that was off the air. So that was off the air. Here. I mean, but that's, that's, that's a tough situation there because Pecorino, he takes a shot to the mask. His, his strap comes loose. He's screaming at the official, but that place is so loud. I don't, know, I don't know that the official ever noticed him, even though he was maybe 10 feet away to the right of the net. Yeah. What do you do in that situation if you're Pecorino? If you rip your mask off, you might get a delay of game. You might take a puck in the face, which, yeah. which wouldn't feel very good. Accidentally not knock the net off. You could get a delay of game for that, yeah. too. Accidentally. Yeah. You're doing air quotes, by the way, which again, you have to tell people because this is an audio podcast, Chris. How do you say that? Air quote, accidentally, air quote? Or you say air quote, accidentally. People or you leave it on and you have... If, if, you're gonna, if, you're, if it's going to stay on... Here, here's the thing that I was thinking, having played the position at a much lower level. Much, much, much lower level. It's because you're not as tall as Pecorino? you got to focus on the play still. Oh, wow. In that situation, you yeah. just got to suck it up and play through it because I think you got a little bit rattled by yeah. it. Yeah. And you give up the game-winning goal? Yeah, no big deal. Just the game-winning goal. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, ha- I mean, we saw it with with Tuukka losing the 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 blade in, in his skate. If he doesn't, he starts to freak out while the play is happening, trying to get the referee to stop play, which he couldn't do because that's not the rule. And then he give up a goal. Goalies well, like a crime by throwing a skate blade at somebody. <laughs> if I told you a goalie threw a skate blade at somebody, wouldn't Tuukka Rask be your first guess? Did you guys see the... Uh, no, Ilya Briskolov would be my first guess. A current goalie. Oh. Did you see the Harry Potter meme, by the way? Yes. Him waving the wand. Yes. As a wand. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I guess we need to sidebar into this. Okay. As, as okay. Craig pointed out, this is not in the show sheet, so keep up with me, guys. Uh, as Craig pointed out, the second round's been much better than the first round. That was in the show sheet. The officiating in the second round has oh. been... Yeah. Shaky. We mm-hmm. neglected to mention that they just didn't count a goal for the Penguins in the Penguins Capitals series for reasons I still don't understand. And when we get to Vegas, San Jose, goalie interference has prevented that series from being 3-1. <sighs> and yes. Man, that was some shaky goalie uh, interference yeah. to call an overtime. So, look, w- there's been three years of people talking about how we have to increase scoring, and now in the playoffs we're just not allowing goals that count. So I—, I the, the play in the second round has been great. I really don't want officiating to decide who gets into the third round. And, and in your, the series that you care about the most, I think the officiating has been the worst. The game... Caps, Pens, they just let that last game get away from them. Two of them. Game two, I thought, was one of the worst officiated games I've seen in, in the last few years. And I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome. Like, Washington won that game... Well, four one, I guess, but really three one. If you're... It should have been three two at a certain point yeah, in the third but, period. But still. Uh, inj- or... Penalties called incorrectly on both teams in that game as well. And yeah, look, if there's a goal, if there's a puck in a net and you can't call that correctly, that to me is is unforgivable. That's the the most basic (laughs) thing. There was so much video evidence, too, and photographic evidence after the fact. Still photos. Mike Milbury was losing his mind as it was going, talking about how it was was automatically a goal. That was brutal. Yeah, so when we're all on Mike Milbury's side, you know that something is... Something went terribly, terribly wrong. So back to Jess Preds. 
So I, I want to watch every second of this series. It's, it's so my good. thinking here, and I know we haven't talked about Bruins Lightning yet, but what we saw from Tampa last night against Boston is what I wonder if Nashville still has in the tank. I I, I mentioned this to you guys. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm openly rooting for the Jets. I just want to see this story happen. It's such a good story. That building has been electric. That's a fun team. Oh my gosh! It's, they're they're yeah. everything Ottawa wasn't last year. They are a fun, <laughs> exciting team that is just brings energy and scoring ability at all times. Yeah, sorry, Ottawa. Coyote fans, but Winnipeg's a great story, and it would be really cool to see them run to the Cup final. I would just like to note that I am not on board with this, and okay. don't think it would be a great story. But they are a fun team to watch. Having said that, I would like Nashville to win, though. Like we saw with Tampa when they got pushed by Boston in those first two games, I still wonder if Nashville's best is yet to come in Game Four. I think teams that that make a run to the Cup final that sort of know what it takes at some point they need to be pushed to that same level that they were at last year. It's it's almost like they they feel like they're they know they're a Cup final yeah. content. They're they're that quality team. But somebody needs to bring out their best game in them. I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see from Nashville in Game 4. If not, they're obviously in huge trouble because yeah. I, I don't see them winning three straight games against the Jets. But I still think there's a there's another level in the Predators oh, yeah. that we have not seen yet in the playoffs. And I still feel even after watching three games of this series the same way I felt last week, whether the winner of the series is winning the Cup. Yeah, unless they just beat each other up, which they really haven't done yet. It's just been a, a well-played, competitive series. Jamie and I both took Winnipeg in this. Craig and Chris both took uh, Nashville. To Craig's point, yeah, Game 4, we should see Nashville's absolute best because you have a cup contender slash favorite backed into a corner. My concern is they played well enough to win Game 1 and didn't win that. And so now you basically have to play well enough to beat Winnipeg five times in seven games. And that's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I think Winnipeg's winning this. You go through those sorts of things in the playoffs. I've seen. I mean, having, having watched the Blackhawks runs, there were a couple times, you know, after they won that initial cup where they weren't on their game. They had to be tested. They had to be pushed to another level, and they found that extra gear. We'll see if Nashville has it. They Nashville hasn't won a cup yet, so yeah. we don't know if they can actually accomplish that or if last year was a one-off. But, I, you know, when I look at that roster and I look at the players, when I look at that blue line in particular, I still think – there is more that you yeah. can get from this team. How good is Winnipeg offensively that they're able to carve up that defense? Mm-hmm. At, I mean, at the end, was it the end of game two when yeah. they had to get uh, Shifley got the goal? I mean, you just move the puck right around through the best defense in hockey with a minute left to tie it. And also that Victor Arvidsson move that didn't result in a goal in game two was absurd. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is the best series. I think we all agree. They're two of the three best teams in hockey. It's unfortunate it's in the second round, but it, it is what it is. That, though, I, I don't pin that on the NHL. I mean, because even if you just seeded everybody based on record, this would still be a series right now. Maybe, well, I guess Vegas. It would be Vegas Jets. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's get to uh, Vegas. I'm okay, yeah, it, it, and on that point, you know, we've talked about the uh, playoff format. I'm okay if we see a Vegas, you know, conference final against one of those two teams, and I'm okay if the Penguins play... Tampa or Boston. Yeah. I'm still okay with those conference finals. I don't feel like we're getting cheated in those matchups. No, the bigger issues in, in round one when you have Boston yeah. playing Toronto. And, and there, I think to some extent there's an issue in round two where you just see Pittsburgh and Washington every year. Like that, Just the repetition of it, yeah. It gets repetitive unless you are a fan of Pittsburgh or Washington. I, I would imagine if you are just, you guys, you guys don't care about Pittsburgh or Washington. That's probably the least interesting series to you guys right now. It is, but it's not just because it's it's happened multiple times. It's because it's also just been the least interesting series. Yeah, I thought it would be Sharks Knights, but I, I've been wrong. Okay, let's get into that one. Uh, it's two two right now. We all took Vegas, I believe, in that series, and they came out and just dominated Game One seven nothing. San Jose has fought back. Uh, if not, though, for a goalie interference call in overtime of Game Two, this mm-hmm. series would be three one Vegas, and I don't think anybody would give San Jose a chance at that point. Yeah, that's fair. Marc-Andre Fleury looking, for the first time in these playoffs, like Penguins playoff Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 4. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it did not look great. I, I'm not willing to say that's going to carry over I don't on think one so game He's until been actually see it happens. He's been great. Number one in save percentage still. Yeah. Season. And this uh, game wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. Uh, the series is tied, but I just I still feel like Vegas has been clearly the better team. And maybe I'm just going to continue to overlook San Jose to my own peril, but, I mean, yeah, San Jose played great in Game 4, but I just don't... I'm not overly enthused by their performance 
in this whole series, because I'm not. Like, if, like I, you are bored by San Jose, though. I, I'm, that's not that I'm bored by San Jose. I just feel like Vegas is one of the more exciting team, and two, it just feels been just flat out better. Who's been a bigger revelation this season, William Carlson or the Winnipeg Jets? William, William Carlson. Carlson, without a doubt. Everybody was expecting the Jets to finally take this no, step. No, I don't think they were. I mean, I, yeah, no. We talked Jamie, about it a Jamie lot on this podcast. Screaming it a substantial amount of money on the Winnipeg Jets. Did <laughs> but, I say that? Okay, the, but the yeah. fact that he got the odds he got shows that like there were the three of us in the studio, and there were definitely people that watch hockey closely that thought the Jets were going to take off this year. But there were a lot of people that watched That's hockey closely the, that didn't even have them in the Jets take, take I off. I wasn't trying. <laughs> it just sometimes, you know, it's just it's poetry. Um, there were a lot of ho- close hockey people that didn't have the Jets even making the playoffs. Yeah, and they were wrong. Uh-huh. They, they were just not paying attention. But... How often do you see a team that maybe wins the cup that a lot of so-called experts didn't even have to make in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I still would see that more than uh, William Carlson scoring 40 goals out of nowhere. 43, yeah. He's, like, unstoppable in the playoffs. He's been great. Yes. (laughs) Who's more fun fun to watch? Maybe I should put it that way. The Jets or William Carlson? Or the Jets, but it's close. Jets' nights would be very, very fun. We're going to get that, so get ready. Probably. Probably. I want to. Not, not ready to count those chickens yet. I, I want to ask uh, Craig this. This is the, this is the first ad, little bit of adversity that we've seen Vegas face in a long time. Yeah. So let's see how they respond to it. Game seven in Vegas, though, I feel pretty good about Vegas. I, I want to see that actually. I, I'm hoping we see that. Um, but I think Vegas wins in that situation. We imagine dis- the emotion in that building in that game. Oh yeah. Although when you get to Game Seven, I mean, anything, anything could happen. Not to be Mr. Sports Cliche oh, over Lord. here, but Game yeah, Seven can happen. Game Seven. Game Seven in hockey, anything could happen. So do you throw the records out the window? <laughs> well, as long as you give a hundred ten percent chance, okay. get the puck's um, in deep and yeah. Get but the also, just high compete level. Again, looking at the risk of you know jinxing this whole thing. Looking ahead quickly at a potential Jets night series, has there been a better? Home home environment mm. in the postseason. Yeah. Than watch what that the road team will win every game. Good point. Than what that could be. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie brought two good points to the show today. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I, occasionally I pull my weight. Where were these the first 146 episodes of the Natural mm-hmm. Hattrick podcast? Uh, I, I want to ask this to Craig. We discussed it last week, but is it. Fine. Okay, so I didn't want to answer anyone. Anyway. Jamie's mic. Yeah, well, you should have been doing that anyway. He actually did. Uh-huh. He did it with a smile on his face. <laughs> is it, in your opinion, good for the NHL if Vegas wins the cup this year? Good or bad? I think there will be people that are sour about it because of the process, but I think that's stupid. First of all, you can't, you can't tie this entirely to the process. Some things, so many things went right here aside from that process. Yes, I think it's good for the league. It, you, to have a, a brand new market win the Stanley Cup, it's a fantastic story marketing-wise. How can that be bad? And we talked about the, the marketing of this league often on this show, how bad it is. This would be a fantastic story for them. I, I don't see too many negatives out of it. The, uh, like, like we talked about before, the, the, uh, the biggest challenge comes for Seattle following this act. Imagine if they win the Cup. Yeah, was it Craig Wyshynski that tweeted out, it's going to be funny when the Seattle team wins 19 games and everybody right. gets fired after a year. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I think this is a fantastic well, story. Well, we talked about this last week, and now it's my opinion that it's, it's not only is it not bad for the league, I think it's good for the league if they win the Cup. Yeah, I think it's better for the league if they get to the Cup but don't win right away because I think you have so many... You have all those sports outlets that don't follow hockey unless there's a fight or an injury, and then they put the highlights up of that, and they, they find the negatives in hockey that are going to criticize a league where they're going to say is so watered down that an expansion team could come in and win right away. It's not watered down. But yeah, that, but I, that's, I, that's I, just I just don't think those people point. think that way because they don't watch the game. Exactly, much. but those people are are getting that message out to sports fans that maybe would eventually become interested in the NHL that aren't. In terms of a non-traditional market, what better way to cement your fan base than to have them win a championship in yes. year one? Cement your fan base, and from a business side of things for the NHL, uh, that's a very good thing because even though we all know there's not a chance in hell that Seattle is going to duplicate what Vegas did, it's a selling point that Gary Bettman and co. are going to make. Well, hey, look, look at what look at what potential is and look at how well this market is doing. Still think Having non-traditional market succeed is good for the league, period. I think it's even better for Vegas long-term if they get to the Cup this year but don't win it because 
you still dangle that carrot for next year and beyond when the Raiders get to town and you have that emotional investment in this team. Whereas if you win the cup year one, where are you in year three? But I understand what you're saying, but I I don't think the fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, they won a cup, so we don't care about hockey anymore. No, I think it's... I think you're going to get that Tampa ball. I just think you lose your edge, though. I think you do, too. Tampa, and I know it wasn't, obviously wasn't the first year, but Tampa basically lived for about eight years off of that cup run. When they were up and down, up and down, they lived off of that cup victory. Yeah. Yeah. And I but think Vegas like you said, too. it wasn't their first year. And what was that stat NBC tweeted recently? One out, one out of every five TVs that yes. was on for the which Vegas game market. was it was tuned to that game. game. That's insane. It game one or game two? Was it like an eleven point one? Wasn't it? It was. It was a stupid high rating. Did we talk about it was that? game one? Because it was up against of this series. Yeah, it was up against. I think night one of the NFL draft. Yeah, which yeah. was weird. But yeah, one out of every five TVs in the Vegas market were on yeah. that game. It's amazing. That's a great statement. Did we talk about the stat that I still can't find, but it, it was real from early in the first round of the playoffs where they had the top 10 uh, TV markets for the when opening the hell night? Of a qualifier. And, uh, and, and Phoenix was in the top 10 ahead yeah, of yeah. cities that were in the playoffs and playing that night? Yeah, but it does, there, there are some caveats to that, to that actual rating that you need to look into. It's because it, it doesn't take into account all the markets. Oh, well, you should probably take right, throw some cold water on it. But still, it's notable. <laughs> it's still notable that Phoenix was one of the top markets. That's, that's good. Without a team in the playoffs. It's great. Um, I'm going to mix in a listener question here real quick. Okay. This one's from Dan. Hi, Dan. From a geological perspective, how did Craig Morgan's imp- uh, absence impact the podcast ratings? No, Jamie? <sighs> well, I, as I said in the show, I'm no geologist. That became abundantly clear. I feel like I don't the, even remember the, what the bedrock of the show was missing. Uh, I remember so. the context. Jamie said, from a geological perspective, the lightning will beat the ducks. <laughs> That's, still That's exactly yeah, what it was. Right. We were discussing lightning which actual ducks. mascot could win. Yes, Not mascot, just thing. It's theme, yes. Yes. And, and we all agree with you in, in the most basic <laughs> Tell principle. Tell me why I was wrong. That a duck is not going to take down like, a bolt of would, lightning. Lightning would destroy a duck. It would, it would cook it. But it has nothing to do with geology. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the lightning, would would geologically you pause the show for that question? <laughs> it's a question. I want to mix these in, right. and we're talking now about lightning versus Bruins. So, Jamie, from a geological perspective, would a bear or a bolt of lightning win a fight? Uh, a bolt of lightning, and it's winning right now. And the lightning are going to win Stanley Cup too. But did we all pick the lightning to win the cup at the start of the year? I did. Yes. Yeah. We all had them in the cup against different teams, but we all had. Them yeah, I had the lightning beating the Ducks. Do you guys Geo- have, geologically? Do you guys have? Yeah, at the time, I didn't realize you were using geology to make your picks. Um, do you guys have any of the same fatigue or uh, <laughs> wow fear of goalie fatigue from Andre Vasilevsky that you had three weeks ago? Mm, he's been pretty solid. Yeah, it, it seems like Tampa Bay's. I just like I said earlier roller. that that game last night when they they just shut the Bruins down, and that was in Boston. That's that that was a big deal. I mean that that game was a to me, was a statement after the first two games. Tampa took it up another level, and Boston had no answer last night. I still wonder, and I said this earlier, there, there are a lot of factors, obviously. They, they shut down the top line that had produced, what, 60-some points uh, in the first round? Yeah. yeah. They shut them down. They got, they got the Bergeron power play goal early, but that's all they got the entire night. But I thought Tampa just was a wire-to-wire act last night. They, they dominated that game from start to finish, and that's they, they looked like a cup-winning team to me last night. It looked like Boston just couldn't reach that level. Now, maybe I'll be wrong in Game 4, but it, they certainly reasserted their control over the series in that game. Yeah, if Tampa plays like that, they're going to win the cup. That, that was the, the pinnacle of everything we've looked at from Tampa this year and said, that's a team that can make, make a deep run, win a cup, and there's why. And I just... The only again the concern we had was is their goaltender too tired to stop pucks? Yeah. I mean, and if that's not the case, there's no reason to believe that they're not the clear, clear front runner in the East. I, I one I don't want to speak for you guys, but one of the the main factors for me when picking them at the start of the year that I I feel like kind of gets overlooked is when you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you think of the offensive weapons they have, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily really focus on the defense they have if you're just casually looking. To me, what what pushes them over the top is that defense. Like they are capable of going out and scoring four or five goals every night, but they're also capable of holding you to one goal every night. And that's just such a a wide range in their favor. It's not just Victor Hedman. And by the way, they went out and got Ryan McDonough. I mean, that defense is They've done better one with the, the Rangers defenseman than the Rangers did with the Rangers defenseman. That's not hard to do, but it is accurate. And they have half that Rangers defensive core from the from three years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, they've got Dan Girardi. Girardi, Stahl, uh, Strawman, and uh, McDonough. They're winning with Dan Girardi. Do you guys think Boston is... In a prominent is, role. Do you think Boston is showing some fatigue again? I mean, they had that crazy finish to the regular season. They got they got a little bit of rest before the Toronto series, and then there, I think there was one three-day break in the series. But they had to go seven with Toronto again. I'm just curious. I, I think know. so. I, I think, think they're going to run bit. out of gas at some point. Well, and they also have a lot of young players. And this is a lot of games now. You're now, what, nine, this is about to be the 93rd game of the season for Boston. That's a lot of games for a young team. I, I still don't think their blue line is great. I think it's fine. It, it's, it's a playoff caliber blue line, but I don't think it's anything special. We talked about this going back, you know, we, to there was a month left in the season and the value of not, I mean, that game against Florida at the end of the season still to me is a big yeah. deal to the Bruins. It, it, whatever team had to go through Toronto and then Boston or, or Tampa just to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's just, it's going to catch up with you. Like Even if Boston comes back and wins the series, I think it catches up with them in the Eastern Conference Final. You just, you've made your path so much more difficult. I have to think, going into that final Sunday of the season, Tampa Bay was expecting to play Toronto in round one and then Boston in round two. And for Which the was Bruins, also, by the way, Tampa Bay's own fault. Because they, they, yeah. before the Bruins made it cool, they, they, they blew their chance to win the division initially before, too. Before the Bruins made it cool. But now I think that, that to me, is what Boston, I don't want to say it's fatigue, but they had a much, much more difficult first-round matchup than anybody else that's still going. And I think that's going to catch up with them in the second or the third rounder. Maybe they even make the cup. But once they got to the point where they had to play Toronto in round one, I just don't think they're winning the cup. And Tampa's really, really good. Like, I think sometimes we discount the fact that when a a team plays a team that's just, quite frankly, better than them, they're going to look tired. They're going to look not as good. But Boston's good. They're good, but they're not as good as Tampa. I I kind of feel that way, too, Jamie. I've I've felt for a while that Boston was a little bit inflated, that this team is not as good as people think they are. And last night, I definitely yeah. felt that way. Again, we'll, we'll see if it holds, but I, I do think that they're a cut below cup contender. I've asked well, That's fine. That's massive progress that they've made season yes, over season. Is. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think Tampa Bay is a team that looks like they're ready to win cups, plural. Yeah. I've asked a version of this question before, but I think I can word it better now. If I told you that. that Boston or Vegas doesn't make the playoffs next year. Vegas, not Vegas. close. Yeah, I jump. On that too. Think, you think Vegas could drop off that? Yes. Yep. Even with Tavares and Eric Carlson joining the team? <laughs> I have to look at the roster as constructed now. Okay. Uh, I'm also not enthused by the teams that missed the playoffs in the East. That's the thing. There, there's a I'm big very unenthused there, by, that, just, by that bunch of teams. Just a bunch of meh teams. Yeah, that's true. There's a pretty clear line right now in the East. Like somebody has to be better than the Bruins next year that, that didn't make the playoffs, and I have a hard time finding that team. There, there's not going to be – it's not going to be the exact eight teams, the same teams that make it next year. But, wow, if there was ever if there was ever a time for that to happen, especially like in the Atlantic, none of those five teams behind them are going to jump Boston, Toronto, or Tampa, barring like Patrice Bergeron me, retiring and Brad Marchand getting suspended for 50 games. It's Florida. That's the only team you're looking at. That's the only team looking at as, 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 that's in contention. Carolina – uh, sorry, I'm never going to believe until I see um, it. Yeah, I'm really tired of hearing about how Carolina is ready to how take many years? the next step. I, Islanders are getting worse. Rangers are getting worse. The Red Wings, LOL. The Islanders could get a lot worse. Montreal, LOL. Ottawa is not going to be able to ice a hockey team next year. And Buffalo is never winning another playoff game for their entire existence of a franchise. So it's not happening. (laughs) There's one team that's in contention to to knock one of the eight playoff teams out. And it's not going to be Boston. Like To me, it's the team that I think you're looking at is you're looking at Philly and you're looking at Columbus. But they... they, Okay, I guess you're saying Florida could get in as a a wild card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the game four component to this, and it's sort of what Craig was touching on with Nashville, but, I mean, you've got Nashville backed into a corner. They can't lose. If they do, they're done because Winnipeg is – they may not be done in the fifth game, but Winnip- you're not yeah. beating Winnipeg three straight. I don't think so. Uh, Pittsburgh's in the same spot. You know, if they go down 3-1, Washington, people are going to say, okay, well, this is Washington's time to collapse. Then, but then, I, then all the pressure comes. Wait, I, I just, are, are, are they in the same spot? I don't think they are. No. I think Pittsburgh could, could come back from 3-1 down against Washington. Okay, well – I don't think that – yeah, I don't think Winnipeg's losing three straight games, but I could see the Capitals losing three straight games. And, and, but I, I guess my point is Boston also in a similar spot in the yeah. sense that you're not winning three straight over Tampa. Agreed. So you need to, So I just I want to see you've got, you've got one proven great team in Pittsburgh. I think Tampa Bay, we all agree, is a great team, and Boston's a very good team. They're all backed into a corner here yeah. in the next 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And I think if any of them goes down 3-1, they're done. I, I just I, the, the quality of, of opponent is too good. 
Uh, again, I, and I also I, I think there's some pressure on Vegas finally. I, I, I know it's 2-2 right now, but I think there's a little bit of pressure on that team. Because I, I need to see what that team looks like now. They've never been in danger in the postseason. Now they are. Yeah, if they go down 3-2 and have to go to San Jose, that's, that's something. Especially with the way Game 4 went. I'm, I'm trying to parse my way through Craig's power play and special teams notes, but I can't do it on the air. It, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was just curious because Boston, I, I mean, every time I watch a Boston game at TD Garden, they score a power play goal. Their, their power play has been insane at home. Yes. And so I looked at the stats, and they have eight power play goals at home in 19 chances, which is just ridiculous. But their PK has been awful. It has been awful. It's the worst of the remaining teams. So I decided to, to see what the uh, differential was. Here, here's a stat where plus minus actually means something. Mm. Washington's plus six. They lead all playoff teams in, in the special teams tickers. And then from there, it's just it's a bunch of teams right around the break-even mark. San Jose and Tampa Bay are plus three. Boston, Pittsburgh, Nashville, plus two. Vegas, plus one. And Winnipeg, surprisingly, might, minus one, which shows yeah. just how good that team has been five-on-five five play. Yeah. They have been dominant in five-on-five five play. They're the sort of team, too, if, if they... It doesn't even really matter, I guess, what happens the rest of the way if you're going big picture. Winnipeg's going to be – they're going to be a legit contender for the next few years. Yeah, because yeah. Mark Scheifele is a bona fide star franchise center now, and Patrick Laine is just a ridiculous sniper. They've got, they've got such, such yeah. nice pieces there, and it's good to see Dustin Bufflin back. Ehlers and Wheeler yeah. and Kyle Connor. I mean, 30 goals to lead all rookies this year. I mean, they just – they have all these – They've hit and they've pieces. hit on almost all of their – Picks. And, I like and Dustin Bufflin for personality too. It's nice that <laughs> team has personality because it doesn't happen often in this league, and he has personality. And he's been such a mismatch on the blue line for so many years. Yeah, like their blue line's not bad. He's a mismatch anywhere on the ice. Mm-hmm. I remember, do you remember him in the Cup final in 2010 against Philly? Yes. They had no answer for him. He just parked in the slot and did what he wanted, and crushed Chris Pronger in one game. By the way, <laughs> which pretty much set the tone for that series. And if we're gonna if we're gonna mention, which I did earlier in the show, that it's sort of garbage they were able to get Patrick Line when they did. Mm. It's just that was just pure luck, and it's it's a major reason why they're as good as they are. We should point out that all of those other players we just rattled off, they not Bufflin, but all those other forwards, yeah, not they 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 drafted yeah. in much lower spots in the draft. Yeah, like Bufflin they have drafted very well. Way. Yes, he, he did. Does Stan Bowman get like pieces of other people's rings when his players play a key role? Like, send, send them one send diamond. Thank you notes. It's the one diamond. Though. Hey, thanks for being so bad at your job. <laughs> also, uh, Connor Hellebuck might, might get a couple bucks this offseason, you think? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. It's too bad they're still paying $4.1 million for Steve Mason next year. Let's say if I have to say one negative thing. I love going back to the fact that they signed Four, Steve Mason to a solve two their goal issues this year. $8.2 million deal for Steve Mason. <laughs> and it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, they found the goalie. I'm what sure the narrative there will be, well, you know, he pushed Connor to be better. Well, how, how exactly did he do that with those numbers? Yeah. Connor looked so. at him and was like, I don't want to be like him. I just won his <laughs> contract. Yeah. Uh, a couple notes. Okay. Craig pointed this out in the, uh, the show sheet. What is it? It's 13 current teams that haven't won the cup, and five of them are still in it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, when you look at media markets. Vegas hasn't won a cup yet? No. There are some small market teams alive here. If, if you yeah. look at the top U.S. markets, with San Jose, I guess is part of the Bay Area market, so they they get they ranked count. number yeah. six. They get ranked the highest. Washington is seven. Boston is nine. Other than that, all of your teams are outside the the top ten. Tampa, St. Pete, Sarasota, eleven. Pittsburgh, twenty three. Nashville, twenty nine. Vegas, forty. And then there's Winnipeg, nine hundred seventy seven. Which, which <laughs> in terms of population, is very similar to. Boise, Idaho. Hey, the guys, did you which know put that them like 106th? So as the official geologist of the show, that okay. Winnipeg is the geographical center of North America. Fun no, fact. don't venture into geography. You don't understand that. You Fun only fact. know geology. Wait, you went from geology to geography? And yes. Close expected enough. us not to notice the couple Close letter difference. It's just ge- geo. Okay. Geo stuff. <laughs> geo science. stuff with Jamie. Geo Grabs stuff. a geo metro to the show every week. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> It's oh, <laughs> a new segment on the show, oh, Geo stuff. We're off the rails again. Yes, we are, but at least it's towards the end of the show this time. And uh, you had another note in here. I did? Yeah. This is from, uh, is this the one from Sean McIndoe? Yeah, yeah, Which seven teams traded away first-round picks in February? Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that note. It, it, it's fascinating. It is. It's, it's interesting, but it's more like, huh. 
I guess I should throw out the team so people know. Because <laughs> if I sit here and say, oh, it's Carolina. Seven teams traded away first-round picks in February. The Penguins, teams. Sharks, Bruins, Predators, Lightning, Jets, Knights. Yep. What do those seven teams have in common? <gasps> They're all in They don't have a first-round pick next year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are all teams Jamie would pick over Washington in a best-of-seven series. That's, that's what those seven teams I mean, I, I don't know what to do with that note other than that. I don't, I I mean, don't want to, like... It's, it's a fun like, fact extrapolate beyond that and say, oh, that's the secret to getting deep in the playoffs is to trade your first-round pick. No. I mean, all these teams probably already thought they had a chance to go deep in the playoffs, thus they were all in, and they were willing to trade their first-round pick. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. Nothing more. That's probably the best connection to make. And now I kind of wonder why Washington didn't trade theirs. Maybe they don't have one. I haven't looked. Um, All right. That's... uh, that's going to do it for us, unless you guys have anything else. Leftovers has been oddly and know, been alarmingly quiet. What's going on? a good show. I think he's sending text messages. Watching my baseball team implode on themselves. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better about life in general. Uh, what are you looking for here in these, these final, like by the time we do not leftovers, this is directed back towards the other hosts. Um, by the time we do the show again, it's possible we have the conference finals set. So does anybody want to change any of their predictions? No. Not yet. I want to see what Nashville brings in game four. Okay. That's film. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not going to back off my predictions. Okay. You don't have anything else geological to say before I wrap up? No. I don't <laughs> think. Okay. All right. Then for Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner and Leftovers, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hatchet Podcast. that was like a podcasts. metaphor for, my, my, for Chris's contributions on this program. <laughs> you leave this in, Leftovers. You leave this ending in. Oh, we never pointed out that Craig got a new laptop that isn't from 1983. Yeah. And on that note. Mm, how's your cord? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Did you bring it today? Did you remember it today? Yes, obviously. Otherwise, okay. this thing wouldn't be working. All right. That's going to do it for us. Goodbye.